As I'm laying down to sleep tonight, I had a moment pop into my head from my 8th grade class again today. I know I just recorded an episode yesterday also about moments from my 8th grade class, but I think it's a fantastic reminder that all of us as language teachers and language acquisition facilitators need to be reminded of. Um, And I also think, on a side note, how awesome that I can learn and get so much from my students. And I think it's super powerful for us as teachers to learn that just because we're teaching doesn't mean we can't continue to learn from our students as well. It's an exchange, right? Because our classroom is a community. So they learn from me sometimes. I learn from them sometimes. I do my part. They do their part. If that's not happening, we're not going to function as a thriving community classroom. And so I'm just so glad that I've had the eyes to see and learn from them these last few days. So I just wanted to give you a quick reminder, and I promise this episode is going to be super duper short, a quick reminder about the looks of boredom or the blank stares the non-reactions, and the closed mouths, and the lack of quote-unquote participation in our classes, or at least that's how we as teachers perceive it. Number one, we have to remind ourselves, for most of us, not all of us, trust me, I know, um, for a lot of us as teachers, when we were students, we were the active participant, That doesn't mean we were necessarily the perfect student, but we were engaged in a lot of our classes, and especially in our language classes, right? So, you know, when I see my student who is super capable and turns in phenomenal writing assessments and reading and listening assessments, just sitting in the classroom, staring at me, not responding to questions, and not participating, it freaks me out a little bit on the inside, You know, a lot of different thoughts thrown through my head from, wait, is what I'm talking about really that boring? Wait, are these kids really being that disrespectful? Wait, what if they don't understand what I'm saying? Maybe I'm going too fast. That is also often one of the culprits for this this situation, but wasn't today, and that's not my point. My point is, you got to question yourself on all these different things, right? And try to think about it. And I want to give you a a different twist on it. Wait, are they tired? Are they sick? Is it too hot in here? Maybe I should turn the lights back on, right? These are all the things that pop through my head as a teacher when I see this blank look on a student's face. And especially a student who I know is strong in the language and who has sucked up their acquisition and their sponge brain like (sighs) has sucked in all the Spanish and I think to myself what is happening do you suddenly hate me what's going on so anyhow that happens a million times and one of the students who I had this epiphany about and this like light bulb went on today about is one of those students phenomenal kid love them love them love them love them I have seen so many blank stares and blank faces from the student this year and so much lack of participation that I'm like, have I lost them? But then we do an assessment and bam, it's awesome. So I know they're not gone. They're not lost. But sometimes we also have to recognize the personality types of our students in our classroom. So here's what happened today. 
If you've listened to me for a while, you know that I like to do the strategy write and discuss in my classes to summarize what we talked about. So today I told the story about why I became a teacher in Spanish. That was my input for the day. And we sat down, I had them go through their notes and pick out like the most important facts that we should include in telling a summary of why I became a Spanish teacher. Then after we write it in Spanish, I have the students as a group Corally translate things into English. We read through it one word at a time. That way I can, um, I can teach into any hesitations, maybe do a little pop-up grammar here and there, and we can clarify what words mean and make sure we're all on the same page. Well, I get to the phrase like, le encantaba, which is like kind of similar to basically like loved, like she loved Spanish and psychology and science and working with kids. That's what the sentence was. But we translate things directly word for word. So when we get to lay, we had, like, to her and cantaba. They're, like, loved. And basically, it pretty much means, like, it was enchanting or it enchanted him. To, it was enchanting to him or her, right? Um, and when I said that and I clarified that, the student that I had in my mind that has given me all the blank looks but is doing all the awesome things on their work was like, oh, I was right. And I, I looked at him and I said, what do you mean you were right? I didn't hear anyone say that. Oh, well, I didn't say it. Oh, you said it in your head. You thought you were thinking that. Yeah. And I just had that great reminder that just because a student isn't saying it out loud and isn't actively trying to show off their knowledge doesn't mean that the wheels aren't turning and the language isn't still processing inside of their brain. Sometimes students need time to think on things, to sleep on things, for the brain to do its magic to provide the natural acquisition. And so I just wanted to encourage you that if you go through that checklist in your head, right, am I talking too fast? Maybe they're not feeling well. Is it too hot in here? Um, you know, maybe they're tired, maybe they've had a bad day, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of reasons why students could be this way, but more often than not, I would bet that the wheels are still turning and the language is still processing whether or not they're actively giving you feedback. Now, obviously if they're sleeping, they're probably not actively listening to what you're saying in Spanish, but I also wanted to encourage you. Oh, this is also me not saying that you should wake them up. If a child is sleeping in your classroom, chances are they probably really need sleep. Anyhow, this is also a great opportunity for me to share with you about one of my eighth grade, um, another one of my eighth grade students. God, I just love them. I'm going to miss them so much. Um, this student has been a total traditional middle school goofball. Great kid, hilarious, funny, sometimes does things to like get attention, you know, but not like a total typical class clown, but more of like a, I'm going to say something stupid because I want this kids to laugh, but I'm not going to cross the line and be disrespectful, but I'm going to act silly and goofy because I want, I want attention and I'm afraid to show how smart I am because I don't want people to think I'm lame and a nerd. Well, I challenged the student earlier this year when we were talking about high school Spanish because I tell students, my goal is to always have you move into level two as freshmen. Um, I've had students move into level three in the past at some schools. Um, and I've had some students retake and start in level one or take different languages. I'm cool with all the options, right? And I explained to them, if you want to take level two, 
you need to show me your engagement and your participation and your dedication to the language because I know that their high school, I know what their high school classes are going to be like. I know that their high school teachers are going to have a lot more of a focus on traditional grammar and vocabulary and textbook than I am. So I told the student, like, I will sign off on you going into Spanish 2 next year as a freshman, but you need to up your game. And if at any point towards the end of the year, I don't think you're ready, I will be emailing your parents and you and having a discussion with you and letting you know why. Because I want what's best for you and I don't want you to put into a position that you're not going to be successful in. And the student said, okay, got it. Boom. A, a, a light, a flip switched. Every single day since I had that conversation months ago, this student has brought it every day. And it is a student that if you would have told me last year, two years ago, three years ago when I first started teaching them, even at, in September, if you had said that this student was going to be one of my most active participants who was on the mark with their participation, right? Like sometimes we have kids that participate a lot and they're like totally off, but they just like go for it. That's not the kind of participation I'm talking about here. Focused, on point, engaged, appropriate, respectful, like dream student participation. I would have called you crazy and asked you where you got that idea from. And so I just want to remind you as this episode wraps up and has turned into a longer episode than I thought it was going to be, don't underestimate your kids. If you are teaching with a focus on acquisition, if you are doing your part of speaking slowly, of scaffolding the language, of setting them up for success, of repeating yourself, of creating a positive learning environment, of supporting them, of putting community building in the forefront of your classroom, and, you, and they, are, they know your expectations, and you care about them, and you have a relationship with them, and you know those kids, and you create this recipe for success... They're going to acquire the language. I mean, obviously, you have to be using the language, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. But they're going to acquire the language when you set it up for success in such a way. And when the core of, and I know I saw, this sounds really fluffy, but when the core of your being and the core of your class is we want a positive community, so that we can know each other, we can enjoy each other, and we can talk about all different kinds of things while acquiring a language. The students who also buy into your vision for that environment are going to acquire the language and they're going to fly. They're going to fly. Some students are going to fly at different levels, right? Some students are going to need more repetition and more reinforcement of different concepts, but they're going to get off the ground. They're going to fly. And even some of the students are reluctant. You're going to be like that mama bird, right? And you're going to be like, Psh, get out of this nest. And they're going to start falling. But because you have put so many scaffolds in place and you have put so much support in place, eventually they're going to start to flap those wings and they're going to realize it's safe for them to fly too. So I really hope this encourages you. It reminds you that the way we perceive things in our classroom is not always the reality of the situation and just to give you a little hope that maybe there's so much more going on behind the scenes going on inside of their brains that we can't see but it ends up being magic anyway